I wasn't riding no bus in, in Tuscaloosa. No way. I don't care. Uh. About <laughs> you couldn't pay me. You can't get on the bus. There's so many people hanging out the bus. Really? Hanging out the yeah. window. One more. No. Who knows? Yes. Yeah, we all, that's our big joke is how many Hondurans can you fit on a bus? They just keep the getting on. Who knows? <laughs> they just keep getting on. Just hanging all out, holding on. It's crazy. It As dangerous as it sounds, it's worse than that. I promise you. It's worse than that. It made no sense. I was just like. Is he a danger for hyperbole? He a danger to, to exaggerate maybe just a little bit? Hey, I'm not joking. New joke is hanging off the bus. He's right. They man. are hanging off the bus. He's right. Now this makes no somebody's gonna die. And then they ride this close to each other, and one car here, one car here. He's right. No, that the traffic Nelson and I sat in the front of that bus with uh with Jimmer. <laughs> and he was just whipping that thing. I was like, oh my god. Hey, so this Hey everybody, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jody. And this is the Unremarkable Podcast. Welcome to season two. And we are so excited in this season to be talking to some of our friends that are in the ministry, uh, that are leading other churches, both in our community and really just to be honest with you, around the entire United States. That's right. And today I'm so happy to have my friends from Refreshing Springs Ministries. Nelson and Clarissa, say hi and introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Pastor Youngblood. People call me Pastor YFB. Uh... Excited to be here. Yeah. And I'm Clarissa. They call me Lady C. Also excited to be here. Pastor YB and Lady C. Now, we don't have cool nicknames. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what. Um, Jer. Jer. Oh, my gosh. No. So I told people at at my last church in Alabama that I wanted a nickname. In Alabama, everybody had nicknames. Like you grew up and you were called certain things. And uh, (laughs) usually it wasn't kind. Usually it wasn't kind. (laughs) And uh, and so one of my one of my deacons in my church started calling me Stretch, Stretch, because I'm I'm not very tall. Oh, and so yeah, and so he called me that. Like if I were to see him right now, he would probably refer to me as Stretch. He was trying to be affectionate, and he, he was being he was being trying You've been to be called funny. shorty at least. Yeah, well, I've been called every short joke in the book. Uh, so Nelson, where are you guys serving? And, and tell us a little bit about your church. Okay, um, our church is Refreshing Springs Ministries. Uh, it is in the beautiful city of Martin, Tennessee, not too far from the campus there, UTM. Um, we are we are a part of the Church of God in Christ denomination, if that if that if you will. But uh, we are just people who love God and just trying to get better every day. We have a a, a group of people who are just learning to develop relationship. Not so much focusing on the religion of everything, That's just awesome. trying to make it right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, so Kojic is you. You've told me about this. Kojic is the world's largest African African American Protestant uh, uh, Pentecostal, Pentecostal church. So it's international. No, it is. Mm-hmm. It's international. It is international. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and and so, uh, how long have you guys been there, Clarissa? How long have you guys been at RSM? You planted the church, yes. right? Started. So three years. Three years. Three years. Right. And and so, what is the what's what's going on right now at RSM? Well, it's a great. It's actually we're doing things are really really good. We are in the process of um, going through our summer months. We're basically a college based ministry, mm-hmm. so the majority of the Membership is college-based students, so they do go home, and we are mm, yeah. in the process of preparing right now for our three-year church anniversary in August. 
I can't believe it'll be on August 25th. That's so and exciting. So we're gearing up, trying to get things prepared to make that a special day. But we are just pushing towards uh, the next step, which is where we want to increase our footprint in the city. Yeah. Uh, awesome. People know who we are. They know we're there, but we want to make our presence felt, not just church-wise, but also uh, in the community as a whole because enough churches do church well, but not many churches disciple. Yeah, and, and live church well. They don't, I mean, because when we come to church, everybody can, you know, we get right. dressed and we come to church and we look the part and we listen and we say amen and we give our monies and we do our, our due diligence while we're at church. But when we leave church, how much of the church actually goes Mm. outside of the church with us yeah. and that's something that we have noticed uh, in our in our reformation our denomination that a lot of churches are great in house yeah. but how much is getting done actually outside yeah. of the house so yeah. yeah that's our focus that's where we at right now yeah we Good. So that's perfect timing for you guys to have a birthday celebration right when all the kids are coming back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, do you guys go on campus? It's not, what's that day called when you can have all your different organizations? The Orbs Affair? Yeah, I just contacted them the other day, so we're set up for that. we got to figure out how we're going to, you know, we ch- we. We we do that. We've been doing this what two years now. This will be our third year doing it. And you know they have these other churches that are there, and they just they have all this stuff. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> they have all this stuff. Crosswind. <laughs> and they do an excellent job. So we take notes every year, and we try to make ours better every year based off of what Listen, we see. You don't know how much flack we caught because what we do is we buy we buy uh, sodas. We buy, I don't know, five or 700 canned drinks and koozies that say Crosswind Church, mm-hmm. and we fill the koozies. And the grief we get because people go, you know they ain't putting Coke in that koozie uh, after they get out of here. I was like, well, every time they drink one of those, they're going to think about Crosswind Church, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Food and drinks attracts college students. It does. <laughs> yeah. got food. Oh, we ice them down, and, yeah. and I believe they we give you a soda or two. I got year. one or two. <laughs> <laughs> we bought we bought in we bought some well, we bought some ramen soup. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. And put our logo on them and stick oh, it on it and cool. gave them out last I year. They, they were gone. They were gone. Quick. Like yes, yeah. no, absolutely. Wait, you guys thing. met on campus too before you got your building. Right, right? we started right. the ministry there on campus. We actually had our first three preview services right there on campus. We started with a Bible study there on campus on Thursday nights, and we actually still have Bible study there every third, third Wednesday, Wednesday night every month. in the library during the semester. Yeah. <coughs> now, one of the things that really there's a, there's a lot that I want to talk about with mm-hmm. regard to you guys in the ministry, but one of the things that that is really intriguing because I'm not a pastor's kid. I got two pastor's kids, but both of y'all are pastor's kids. Yeah. And then, in spite of that. Got in ministry, <laughs> and I know I know you've got you've got uh, a brother that's also in the ministry, right. and you have a Clarissa. So Nelson has a brother, and Clarissa has a brother, mm-hmm. both in the ministry. So let's talk about let's talk about being being a, a kid growing up in the house of a pastor. Mm. What was that like growing up in a community? Was it was this community for you? She grew up here, so you can Clarissa. Go first. Yeah, I'm not from this era. 
I feel like being a, a pastor's kid, and I, your kids probably feel the same way, the spotlight is always on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's never a point where you can just kind of let your hair down and, and be yourself. Yeah. You feel like you always have to, I guess, <coughs> I don't want to say perform, mm-hmm. but you feel like you always have to be on cue mm-hmm. because everybody's watching you. Yeah. And it's like even, a fishbowl. Right. Even though you're a regular person just like or normal person just like everyone else is, they expect more of you because you are a pastor's kid. Yeah. Do you feel it even more being the baby of the family, like you were the last one coming up? Or, or did they just not care by the time we got to you? <laughs> Well, I think my parents were hard on all of us and the community the same. You know, there were certain things that we weren't allowed to do and we couldn't do, not because it was necessarily wrong to do, but because of how it would be viewed by other people. How did that make you feel as a kid? Did that frustrate you? It did. It did. Yeah. And at times, you know, you get to stages where you want to rebel. You just want to do what you want to do. But... I mean, ultimately, I think it was shaping my character Mm -hmm. and who I am today. And I am the person I am because of how I was raised. But it's difficult sometimes being a pastor's kid because of that spotlight on you. So I'm going to ask you, as a a (coughs) mama, did you catch yourself altering how you parent based on how your parents parented? Um, In some aspects, but in some aspects, I know I probably do the same thing to my kids that was done to me just because I know people are doing but do you feel like you learn from it or do you feel like okay I felt so much pressure I'm gonna be a little bit more lax like like we battle things with our parenting of our kids like my mom was a was a minister she did music and so that I understand the the spotlight thing but I, sometimes I'm like okay do I really need to worry like about music they listen to or stuff like that. Do I really need to be so concerned about that? Or or are you thankful? And so I'm going to turn around and do that because it made me, like you said, who I am. Do you- mm, I think as a parent, I've probably been more lax in yeah. that area than my parents were. Okay. So. It's fine. We can, we can. Yeah. So it's thundering outside. And Nelson just remembered there's a tent of the churches that's in his trunk. Crosswinds, you know. Even though he dogged crosswind earlier. <laughs> oh my! Was, anyway. Oh, I thought you were saying your windows were down. We need to pause. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. It'll dry, man. So I'm sorry. Yeah. That was one of the questions I was going to ask both of you. Actually, is is if you've changed up the way that you parented because you were pastors' kids, or if we were to put your you have three, right? Two girls and a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we were to put them here, what would they say about being a pastors' kid? You know what? I'd have to say it did change my approach to parenting because of the struggles that I had to endure growing up. I'm a lot more open mm. to conversation and dialogue with my kids than my parents were. Right. They were more do it because I said so. Right. This is how you're going to do it because we are who we are and this is how we handle things. And on the flip side of this, and my my rearing of my children, I've been a lot more. Look, let me explain to you what is going on. I need you to handle things a certain way because of this. Right. Not that you are responsible for it, but but you are, I guess, accountable. But and I and I've I've been a lot less. Uh, even even now, as being the pastor for three years, been a been a uh, elder for a while preaching for a while and I've always been I guess someone who's been up front mm-hmm. so 
the pressure of them being my kids kind of just comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. When my mom and dad, before they moved to Japan and we lived over there and passed the church over there, they were here in the same body of uh, the same same connection that we have now, same right. jurisdiction, Tennessee central jurisdiction, which is what we're part of. We, we are part of even today. I can walk through something and we have our jurisdictional meeting or something, and I'll walk through and they'll be like, "You're young blood, mm. your daddy young blood," and they know me. Because they know my parents. Yeah. Right. Well, you also all resemble each other. <laughs> there's a, there's a right. strong family resemblance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had our, was it last year? Year before last, we had our, we have an annual banquet in the, in the jurisdiction. It's called the Bishop's Dinner. Awards Benefit, Wars Benefit Dinner. Dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's in Jackson at the, the what's that, Civic Carl Center? Perkins. The Civic Center. And it's, it's a big to-do. Everybody gets dressed up and they had the whole... The whole talk, oh, 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 award show, the spotlight, the presenters, and all this other kind of stuff. But the speaker was a guy from California. His name was Bishop Macklin, and he's one of the. We have a in our jurisdiction, in our, in our religion or denomination, I guess. You have a general board of twelve bishops, and you have one presiding bishops. So he's one of the twelve general board members who lead the whole right. Church of God in Christ as a whole international. So he's he's really high up in it, and he happened to be there, uh, being the speaker for our for our dinner. And I we got an award, Church of the Year, and I come walking up there, and I go to get the award, and he heard the name and he really didn't put none to it. But then he looked at me, and he was like, "I know you, your blood son," and I'm like, "Oh God!" And everybody was like. You know him? I was like, yeah, he knows my dad. He knows my dad. And I was like, and that's the pressure we've had to live with everywhere I go. Even right. as an adult? Yeah, even now. Even as an adult, wow. Uh, you, yeah, I, your church, y'all doing good over there? Y'all doing, because I know so your you dad. never outgrow it. It never changes. Now, how did I not know? Church of the Year. Yeah, we were Church of the Year in 2017. That's so awesome. Man, what have you done for me lately? It's 2019, now, we, we, we got to work every year. We every year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. We had to go up there. I, I, I wasn't looking for I didn't know it. Yeah. I actually, when they when they called the award, we were sitting at the table, and we were sitting, and I had finished eating, we were sitting at the table enjoying the, the, the award presentations, and they said our name, and I was like... Why did they just say our name? I was like, okay. <laughs> and the bishop was like, hey... We called y'all. You, you, so you, you don't, don't know, know the name, name of your church? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let me go on up here. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So back to being kids, I'm going to ask you one more question. So both of you grew up in, how many is in your home? Five of us. So did you guys find um, camaraderie with your siblings of enduring being in the fishbowl, or did y'all like each handle it differently? Like. Did you were you able to go talk to brothers and sisters about Man, it's the pressure? Yeah, yeah. That or did y'all just enhan- y'all handle it independently? Mm-hmm. To me, in my household, I think we all handled it differently. Mm-hmm. And being siblings growing up together, I don't think we were as close as we are now. That's awesome that you are now. Right. That's good. Yeah. Well, we all we're spread out so far. Uh, my baby, I'm 44. My baby brother is 27. Okay. So I was pretty much grown before he ever wow. showed up to even understand. So the first group, the first crop to come through, myself and my brother David, who's the pastor in Texas, 
we were together and on it. So whatever we was doing, we was in it together. Man, I can't stand this. This sucks. This makes no sense. We got to do this. And they said that we were together. And then there was the second two, my brother Chris and my brother Steve, and they were together and on it. Okay. And then my baby brothers just had to. He just had to endure. He was just hanging on by his own. So y'all are all boys. All boys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No girls. I didn't realize that. So now that 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 you're you're grown and you're in the ministry and you're kind of out on your own and you've got kids, your last one just graduated high school. Yes, Lord. It's on his way to college. <laughs> yes. Um, now, uh, now that you're in that, and, and there's obviously one of the things that we talk about in the in the podcast quite a bit is the pressure that is on us as ministers. One of, one of the things that we are just aware of, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, but um, when it comes to the spiritual gifts that are expected of us as pastors, we're expected to be great teachers. We're expected mm-hmm. to be uh, great shepherds. We're expected to be hospitable. We're expected to be sympathetic and empathetic. We're supposed to show counselor. mercy and counselor. And, and aside from me yeah. and you, Nelson, I don't know many pastors that have all of that. Um, but uh, <laughs> so there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of of that pressure that's come on us. I think one of the things we've learned. Uh, over the last few years is that some of that pressure is put on us by outside forces. Right. Some of that pressure we put on ourselves. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least I do. I, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm the only one. Um, how do you all independently, and then, then the other side of this is for, for, for Lady C over here, uh, yeah, Lady J, Lady Bird, I don't know. Puff Jody G. Puff Jody G, yeah. <laughs> Jody G, that's good. <laughs> I'm gonna remember that. I'm gonna call you that one day. So I'm yeah. gonna that. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's, let's not do that. Let's not. Let's not give the high schoolers any ammunition. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's Senora Puff Jody G now. Senora. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, in in the we're a Southern Baptist church at Crosswind, and um, and and one of the things I work really hard to do and try to do this with my staff is to protect Jody. Um, in our denomination, in our tradition, we, we want, uh, hopefully, in an ideal world, I want the same thing out of Jody that I would want out of any other church member. I want her to be a part of a small group. I want her to pursue Christ. I want her to volunteer somewhere. Serve, yeah. Serve, but I don't care where, right? That sort of thing. In, in the Kojic denomination, your guys' tradition, one of the things that I, I just, we haven't had a chance to talk about it is that the First Lady um, is, is, I think there maybe are some more expectations uh, maybe there aren't. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, that are that are put on you as the first lady of the church. How do you all handle? First of all, maybe what what are some of those pressures that maybe you feel, and then how do you individually handle those pressures? Mm. What do you do? Nap. <laughs> that's my. That's how I handle pressure. I, um, me personally, I have developed um, relationships with other pastors' wives or first ladies in the denomination so we're able to like go to each other and talk like you said when a pastor's wife or the pastor has a problem who do they go to right so we've kind of created a circle where we can kind of vent to each other and it doesn't go anywhere it's safe yeah that's so good good and so needed are those are those women and you i don't even know who but are they local or do you call people up or how how uh some local and some not some not okay Mm -hmm. all right what are some of the uh both the Spoken and unspoken expectations that maybe not are put on you, but in the cogent denomination are put on first ladies. Mm, let me say something. You know, this is what they do when you <laughs> when they when they when they become a pastor and you have a wife. One of the first things they say, 
when God called him, mm-hmm. he called you also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how they quantify it. Yeah. So almost all the, I don't want to say all the responsibility, but all the responsibility and, and, and the charge to be a leader and lead the church, they automatically put that on the wife immediately so when I became a pastor they was like yeah you the first lady and you got to do this and you got to do that that's when it starts that's when it starts and and it's I guess it's a it's a it's a a religious thing well I do think I do think that man you I don't know how you ladies do do what you do (laughs) Um, because every week Nelson and I get up and they hand us a microphone and I, I can only imagine how terrifying that is for y'all. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, say, yeah. right? There's your husband, and you don't know what he's going to say or what story he's going to tell. Yeah, or if he's, he's going to get up there. Or in Jody's case, Jody gets worried. I don't know if you do. Jody gets worried if, like, you know, that my zipper's going to be down or that my shirt's going to be wrinkled <laughs> or something like that. Like, she worries about all that stuff. worried about what I got on. Yeah. <laughs> man, now, you are a sharp dresser. Golly. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, she says. Okay. Good job. Uh, That's right. So I, I do think it's a calling, and I think when one of the sweetest moments for us in our relationship was, yeah, I don't know if you guys know, Jody thought she was marrying a doctor. Yeah, um, I was at Vanderbilt. Yeah, so it was like bait and switch is what I did. <laughs> uh, and so I called her. I was at, I was at Vanderbilt, and I was in my apartment, and God God called me in the ministry, uh, and I knew it. It was one of those moments mm-hmm. that was just you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sorry if you're if somebody's listening is wrestling with maybe I'm called maybe I'm not called. The answer is you'll know, yeah. and and I can't I can't quantify I can't describe yeah. it. You yeah. just know anyway. And I called her up and I said uh, I said hey I'm I, I'm gonna be leaving Vanderbilt. I'm gonna go to seminary and become a, a pastor. And there was silence. And then she started crying. And I was like I'm waiting. All right, you, you know, send me the ring back. You know, like whatever, like whatever you gotta do. And and she was like uh, she was like all my life I felt led to be in the ministry wow. and I never could figure out exactly what that was and now I understand and I thought yeah like that mm-hmm. was one of those moments of just confirmation and so I do think it's a calling don't don't misunderstand me but mm-hmm. there are so what are some of those you have to do it's like in the Baptist church it's got to lead the women's ministry and you got to play what we asked another couple they said you have to play the piano and sing and that kind of stuff like <laughs> I don't play the well I can play the piano, no. but I don't play the piano at church. <laughs> Nelson's the keyboard player in the family. I am not a singer, but I do sing on the praise and worship team now during the summer now that the college students are gone. So I make a joyful noise. Do you feel, is that a, is that a delight? Or So go back to when you guys were just elder couple leading. Um, did you... When you married him, did you you, you weren't in the ministry? Mm-mm. So when he approached oh, you about switch, this, baby, how, what did Never. what what did you and God? How did you wrestle with that? Um, to me, it wasn't really a wrestle. Awesome. When he approached me with it, I was just like, okay, if God said it, then that's what it mm-hmm. is. So we just kind of went with it. Now the whole pastor thing. That was kind of a wrestle with that because I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) Are you absolutely positive? Yeah. The Lord told you to open a church. Go ask him again. (laughs) Right. Like, okay, what are we going to do? What did he tell you? What are all the steps? And, of course, him not knowing all the steps. This is just the vision God gave me. Let's go with it. So that was a bit of a struggle there. But, I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) 
What about you, Nelson? How do you deal with pressures, both explicit and implicit? You know, sometimes I handle it well. I just, you know, just deal with it. Just is it what it is. But then there are moments when I, when it becomes too much. And I feel like, you know what, this is stupid. I don't know how many times, you know what, I quit. I'm not yeah. going back. I'm not going back to church no yeah. more. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm, doing, I'm, not, I'm tired of them. I'm tired of dealing with these people. Yeah. And I say this all the time. Church would be great if people were in there. <laughs> it would. Church would be great if people didn't get involved. But when people get involved, then that's when you have to deal with all the different uh, mindsets and the way they handle mm-hmm. things and the way they feel about this mm-hmm. and the way they want to do things and some time in this or <coughs> or their their inability to actually want to devote themselves mm-hmm. to living a Christian lifestyle rather than okay well when it's convenient for me right I try so it gets frustrating and a lot kind of like her we have <coughs> I have a few different areas where I can talk and vent. My brother and I are real tight. We talk every day. That's every awesome. day. We talk all yeah. the time. So he'll call me and he'll be venting or the next day I'll call him and i look, dude, let me tell you what these folks did today. And I go yeah. off and he's like, you good? I was like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I get another phone. And I have a, a, a small circle of, of friends and they live, I got two here, my brother's in the circle as well that we've known growing up. The one he lives in Texas. I got a friend in Alabama, and one in Memphis, and one in Covington's, and we all have a circle. We text each other all the time and awesome. encourage each other, and encourage each other because we all actually, and it's the thing we all planted ministries. Wow! And it's something that people yeah. don't know. I'm gonna let you on some insight. Uh, planting a ministry, as far as the Church of God in Christ is concerned, it's not the most popular thing. Really. And not the most well looked upon thing, because they're almost it's it's almost like a fraternity of uh, fraternity. You know, they want you to wait until uh, they someone dies off, and then they'll place you at that church rather than you starting the church. So people who have started who are already in ministries, when you come starting a church, they're like, oh, here you go. He think he this and he think he that. Yeah. So all the people in this circle, we all planted ministries and all had to go through the struggle. We had different stages, of course. My brother's this shoot, ten years. Two weeks wow. we're going to Texas for his ten year celebration. Wow. So they've been at it for ten years. So and then my Mario in Covington, how long Mario? Ten years almost? Yeah. Maybe ten or twelve. He's going, so we're gonna hate his celebration coming up. My friend Parker in Memphis, he's been at it maybe 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 eight, nine years. My friend in Alabama, Conway's been at it, I think it's eight, nine years, maybe ten years. So, and I'm... You're the baby. Yeah, I'm the baby of the bunch coming along. And I'm honored. Listen, I've met, I've met, uh, I've met both your brother and Mario. Yeah. And just Those incredible guys, guys man. Guys. Just, just in the little bit of time I've got to spend with them, mm-hmm. just seem like really awesome guys. Yeah, yeah. So, is that seen as, um, so like, there's some denominations that have a church presence in, in communities and then they see there's no need to create another church in that community. Um, is it seen as disrespectful or is it seen as not necessary or like, or is it that they feel like that evangelical push, like I see a need, like you see a need in Martin and you guys decided to go administer right. that area and they're like, those people could come to our our campus just as easily as far yeah. instead of you going to them. How, yeah. Like how do they do that? See, that played a large role in us going to Martin. 
Mm-hmm. And because I live in Union City, right? Why, why should I drive fifteen minutes right. to a church when I could very well open a church right here in town, right? And a large majority of our normal church members that aren't college students, non-college student members, live in Union City anyway, okay. and they drive to Martin to come to church. We have a few people that live in Martin, but the majority of them live here and drive over there. But in order to avoid another church. And then they feel the competition. Yeah. Here we competing for the same. You trying to get. Uh, mm. That's never my intent. Right. It's never my intent. Yeah. And that and that that plays a large role in that. You trying to take my members. You trying to start your church with people. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. No, no, no. You're no, trying to I'm reach not. an unreached group. Yeah, just a whole different demographic. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's sometimes that's really hard to convey. Mm-hmm. And you even you even say that kind of stuff. Look. I'm not trying to go after anybody in your church. I'm not trying to reach sure. the people who go to your church. I'm trying to reach the demographic of people who don't attend church now. Right. Sure. Ah, man, you just, it's no need. We can we can work together. Okay. I'm sorry. Never mind. And right. you just kind of got to leave. And, that, and that's the the that's part of the reason why church plants are kind of frowned upon. No, it's it's in our denomination too. Sometimes. But yeah. why would you do the that? thing about it is, there's no. We're the only Church of God in Christ in the city of Mark. Really? Oh, okay. The whole city. So it is an important yeah. plant. And there's, not, there's not one there at all yeah. until we got there. Did yeah. you Do you see your friends that you said some are 10 years down, do you see them being more respected and accepted by the denomination now that they've been substantially you know, planted, I guess is the word I'm looking for? Um, it just depends on the setting. Got it. Um, in a large setting, such mm-hmm. as a jurisdictional function, yeah. In the local setting, which is a district, which is made up of eight, nine churches, not as much. Um, in our district, there's like, let me nine churches in our district, churches. right? Um, there are two churches in our district, mine and Pastor Mario's, that are very progressive, if you will. Mm-hmm. Praise and worship, uh, the more uh, service for an hour and a half. That, that's, that mindset, different, different, different approach to ministry other than the traditional Kojic way. Mm-hmm. And when you do things that way, people tend to frown upon you. Now, we'll go to church and we'll have a regular service and we'll come and participate and do everything like we have them when we were growing up. And they'll be there for, for what, three and a half, four hours for a service. But when we do it our way, it seems to be wrong. Hey, y'all, you're not doing well. Mm-hmm. How are you doing this? Even, even to the point to where we have our sanctuary set up. Yeah, we'll have the lights down in the sanctuary, the stage lit up, or the singing is going on, the preaching is going on. Why do you got lights? We'll we'll get comments and stuff on Facebook. Why do y'all got lights? And all what? It was just a club and all. Come on, man. Yeah. And, and 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 it's it's fun for them. If you're not the traditional, yeah, they look at that's you not that's not just a a cogent thing. I think you know that we, yeah. you know, Crosswind gets some of that too. We we often. <laughs> I say all the time, I think, and, and this is one of the reasons I think we started hanging out in the first part, like, uh, we have enough enemies as followers of Jesus Christ. We don't need to tear each other down. Right. Fact. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, we got enough problems from with worry that. about, yeah. Um, and uh, I remember a couple years ago, I made the statement, I, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm tired of trying to make Christians that don't go to my church happy. <laughs> I think it's so important that you're elaborating on that too because our part of our podcast is just making people aware of what ministers' life is like. And so <clears throat> there's the the very obvious pressure of 
being a leader of a group of people, no matter what business you're in, that's that's an excessive amount of pressure. But you're getting pressure from other people in leadership who are criticizing and other people yeah. that are instead of a brotherhood, you have to go find people right. that are allies. Like you had right. to go reach out and find other women that are allies because there are some out there that are also you know, slanderous or, you know, yeah. you know, and they're not, they're not mean to be malicious, but it is. And yeah, I don't, I, sometimes maybe they're mean to be malicious. And, and I think that's, that's important. Like your congregation <laughs> I mean, needs to know yeah. there's, there's more that goes on than just you getting up and, um, you know, expounding on the word of God. There's a whole lot more. Like we joke, we get jokes all the time. Like I had one of my volleyball players yesterday. What does Jeremy do all week? <laughs> <laughs> just just hang out huh? nap. I work the Rubik's Cube <laughs> and wait for Sunday to show up huh? yeah that's yeah. right okay. uh, yeah no that's it every time we've ever hired a new staff person at any church I've ever been at the question has always been what are they going to do all day and my qu- my response is always the same come hang out with me for a day yeah. just, just come hang out and see you're bivocational so you're putting in Oh yeah, yeah. eighty plus hours a right. and a coach, right? Yeah. And doing it all on the end. Like I remember when y'all were preparing the building over on K Street for our Tim, and and you know it was nights that you would be there until late yeah, in the night, like right? And uh, oh my goodness, I, yeah, yeah, it was trying. And to you worked your poor your poor kid to death. My, my son, boy, oof. building character. <laughs> yes, he worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. building character. <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, now, hey, I do want to ask you this question. This is something that I, I, I think is kind of interesting because I know I do this, and Elson, I wonder if you do, and probably Clarissa would have to answer this more specifically. But being a pastor's wife and being pastor's kids, our kids noticed this too. This was something that just kind of popped in my brain a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, to be honest with you. I hadn't thought about it till now. Mm-hmm. It's natural for me when something comes up and I need somebody, and I need somebody to to... to metaphorically take a bullet for the team or to, hey, do something that's difficult. It's easy for me to look at my wife and go, can you can you hang, handle that? Can you take care of that? Or to, the worst time is when I look at my kids mm. and say, can you do that, right? Can you can you take make this sacrifice because of who you are? Do you guys find yourself doing that with your wife and with your kids? Nelson, you're laughing. Is there <laughs> a specific uh, <laughs> story? That's a lot. We do it a lot. I do it a lot. It's... Man, if anything, anything that may fall through the cracks, my first thought or look is, can you do it? If you can't, let me go call Jasmine, see if Jasmine can do it. If she can't, let me call D. let me call Antoinette. Hey, can either one of y'all, can y'all handle this for me? Can you take care of this? Like, uh, we've been trying to get a website for the church for a while. Yeah. And I was like, I'm tired of waiting. I know a guy. I'm tired of waiting. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I was like, D, come here. Come here. Come here, son. We need to put a website together. Think you can handle that? Sure, I got it, Pop. And in about a week. Website. We put it together. Awesome. And put it out. But I had already, <laughs> am I wrong? Put it out at church. I need somebody to help help us design a website. Anybody yeah. who feels that they have these capabilities who can even try and just want to put something together. Can you, can you help? Can you, anybody want to step up to that challenge? And it had gone by the wayside and nobody said, I'm like, I'm tired. I either gonna, I'm either going to do it myself 
I'm gonna find somebody. I was like, D, come here, come here. And he just got him a new uh, MacBook, and I was like, hey man, got your nice computer there. Come here, let's <laughs> see can we put it to work. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it happens all if if if, if it's we have uh, children's church on second and fourth Sundays. Uh huh. If I forget to assign somebody to teach children's church, and it's Saturday night, I'll be like, Jasmine, babe, you gotta do children's church tomorrow, okay? I'm sorry. Okay, Daddy, I got it. I got it. And she'll get her lesson together and take the kids down there on Sunday morning. <laughs> See, that's things that people don't realize, though, that you're, right. you're having to do not just pastoring, you're also doing administration, too. Yes. So you're assigning that's right. your roles for people to teach classes. You're Are you coordinating who's on praise team each week and stuff like that? Jasmine does that as well. She's the... See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. How do the kids, and, and, and what about you get that, too, right? Absolutely. How do you feel about that? Is that... Frustrating times are just part of it. Sometimes it's frustrating, but to me, I feel like I'm doing a service. And whatever I can do to relieve the pressure off of him, that's what I choose to do. So if that involves going to the church and cleaning the toilets, or if it involves being on the praise and worship team, or if it involves me getting children's church lessons together, whatever I can do to pull the stress off of him is what I try to do. They're, and they're really good about it, but it weighs on them. Yeah. Because I think it was just the other day. Our typical Saturday, let's do our Saturday duty. And I think they were they were a little, I don't know if they wanted to, but every Saturday we have to go clean the church and get ready for church on Sunday morning. Go clean the bathrooms, sweep the floors, sweep the floors, vacuum, and all that kind of stuff. And it becomes more of a chore yeah. than a love at some That's point. That's right. Because it feels yeah. like it's always on them and they don't have anybody yeah. else to do it. So, like, Daddy, we going, what time are we going to the church today? Oh, God. And sometimes it bothers me to even put them in that situation. Because there'll be times I'll get up in the morning and it'll be, what, 8 o'clock in the morning, everybody be asleep. And I'll come in the room and I'll be like, baby, because I get up early every day. I'm yeah. up at like 6 37. It don't matter. I don't care what day it is. Yeah. And I'll be sitting on the couch and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go clean this church by myself. So they don't have to go today. And I'll come, hey, gonna go to church huh huh I'll be back I got it I'm gonna go clean today so they don't have to put it on them because I know it becomes tedious and I feel I feel bad for constantly piling on them and piling on them and piling on them they don't complain but I'll tell you this and and our kids are still pretty young um, so we aren't aren't getting a lot of of that but you you pastor's wives and I'm, I'm looking at two of you right now I mean the unsung hero, I think, of every church, right? I mean, we we get at least you know a platform and a microphone and a and a light on us every mm-hmm. Sunday, and and a lot of times they don't get that, and uh, but they're the ones that Clarissa, you said something that that I just think is so true. Jody Jody said the same thing. Anything I can do to take some of the pressure off of him, and uh, that's just man, that's overwhelming to think about the yeah. fact that. That we're blessed to have women in our lives. Oh, that, yeah. that are going to it do takes that. unique. It's, it's it's a unique position because the the moments when I feel the worst, she's right there. When I feel the best, yeah, she's right there. When I need the most help, she's yeah. right there. When we got it figured out, she's right there. So it's not like they ever get time off, right? And that's one reason I think we did it last year, and it's something I I want to I purpose that I'm going to do annually. I do a Sunday and I contact all the members and I keep her out of it. And I tell them, hey, this Sunday we're going to be a special 
blessing to the first lady. Just whatever gift you want to give her, whatever you want to present her with. Oh, that's and awesome. we make her come sit up on the stage and all right, y'all. You know what I said. You know what it is. Let's go. And she's sitting there like, what, what? And they, because oftentimes the pastor will be recognized. Right. And you never hear yeah. her name called. Yeah. The way it works in, in my church is it's Pastor Appreciation Month in October, and they give me a gift. They'll give me some money, and I just walk off the stage and hand it to Jody. That's, what I, <laughs> that's, that's the way it works. <laughs> yes. I think you guys, I, I wanted to point this out because um, we're friends, uh, you know, and not just through our ministry, just because um, you guys need to know Clarissa has, has taught my, my youngest. That's and right. It's mm-hmm. probably one hands down one of her favorite teachers. Oh, and, oh. and now Coach Youngblood <laughs> has had the chance of her being one of his students yeah. as well. Yeah, you, so you, you both have taught Abby, but only you have had Emma. Nelson, yes. Yes. right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, but um, since we're friends, I follow you guys on social media as well. And you guys do a fantastic job of protecting, and I may be wrong, but because social media paints a beautiful picture of protecting your marriage. I see yeah. you guys do, y'all steal away together. And yeah, I think and I think that's important for the health of yeah. your leadership as well. So what made you, ha- have you always done that? Tell yeah. me more about that. Has that. Is that something you just, as you got into you know, further into your, you know, 10 years into your marriage or whatever, like, we've got to make sure to do this. What made y'all come to that? Like, I I don't think it started off that way, especially when the kids were smaller, but as they began to grow up and be able to do things on their own or we could leave them and go, then it became more important for us to have time alone. And sometimes I have to remind him. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) baby. You're doing too much. Let's get some time. I need some time. That's good. Our friends we talked to uh, on a previous episode, she made the statement that it felt early on, he also planted a church, they also planted a church, that it felt early on that you were married to the church, not married to me. She said that before. And you said that as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the way you guys battle that is you intentionally set time aside to spend time together. Yeah. And we go as far as to plan to go some way for a weekend. And even in that, We'll shut down the church on Sunday if we have to, just because wow. we need time. Yeah, that's we need right. Time. Because if we don't, then we become bitter and that's right. harsh, and then things don't work as well, and you don't feel like doing it. So yeah. I feel like that's wonderful that you're teaching your church that. In order for us to be that's our right. best for you, we've got to be that's right. best for ourselves. That's right. Yeah. In order to lead a healthy church, we have to be. Mm-hmm. Healthy, yeah, Nelson. You made a statement earlier. We kind of chuckled about it, and and as we there's just a couple questions I want to ask as we finish up. But uh, you, you talked about the number of times, and, and we kind of chuckled. But yeah. I've been there. The number of times you've looked at your wife and went, "That's it, I quit. Yeah. I'm done." It, I, I can't tell you the number of times that that it, at every church, it's not just a one church kind of thing. You walk in, it's frustrating, and you want to throw it at the table, and you're like, "I'll go sell something." Like I'll go sell, I'll go sell, you know, uh, whatever cars or insurance or houses or whatever I have to do. Um, but I'm done with this, and I'm reminded of Moses, you know, who's leading God's people out of captivity, Egypt. And there's a point where he gets so frustrated in the Book of Numbers, where he he prays to God. He goes, God, if this is what it's going to be like, just kill me, <laughs> right? Just take me out right now, because because I can't, I can't deal, deal with these people, right? Um, and and the reality is, and and this is one of the reasons why we do the podcast. The reality is, the statistics around pastors staying in the ministry are terrible. Mm. Nine out of ten of us will retire from something other than the ministry, 
And, uh, and that, that is just absolutely crazy. And we start thinking about the reasons why. We think about the marriages breakdowns and the family breakdowns and mm-hmm. the, the frustrations that they experience in church. Mm-hmm. And so many of us are wow. just going, I'm done. I'm out. And I'm just naive enough to believe that if God calls us into the ministry, he wants us to be in it. He wants us in the yes, game, yes, right? Yes. And I can't tell you the number of pastors that um, over the years I've, I've looked at, I've sat across the table and looked at it and said, you're too important to the kingdom of God to not be in the game. Right. Right? You got too much. So for both of you, if you if you had something to say, if you had a, a microphone, which you do right now, and a free moment to say something to a pastor that is struggling, that's on the verge, that, that maybe walked in from, from church this Sunday, today's Sunday, walked mm-hmm. in from church and went, I'm done. Like, what would you say to that guy? How do you help the next generation of pastors be healthier than our generation of pastors? Mm. Go first, I think I would say, and I've said to him before, that the call is bigger than us. Wow. So it's not about you. Mm-hmm. So take you out of the equation, and mm. we just have to keep moving, have to uh-huh. keep going. Wow. Pass the plates on that. That's, yeah. that, that's, so, that's yeah. so true, but gosh, that's so hard, isn't it? Hard to accept sometimes. It is oh. so true, though. Yeah. What I would say was I, I would think about, ask them to think about the congregation that they're upset with. Take yourself out of the congregation. What happens then? Mm. Because we're not called to be a pastor at one place at this congregation forever at some point you're going to either move on to a new place or God's going to replace you with somebody but in the moment that you're supposed to be there there. that's you and it's the responsibility that comes with the call and if we don't fill our obligation who's going to do it so like she said it's bigger than us at that moment it feels like it's overwhelming but even in the overwhelming moments if you're not doing your job, if you're not carrying the torch, if you're not standing on the mountaintop preaching the yeah. gospel, who's going to do it there? Yeah. When God has assigned you there. Yeah. What about the souls that are depending on the word that comes out of your mouth? And then you got to get past yourself. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Hard to take, but reality. It's yeah. reality. It's reality. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Both of you talked about reflecting on it's not about you, but with what you said. Yeah, and that's, that, that's I think that's the hardest thing when we get emotionally upset and frustrated. It's stop yeah. and realize. Now I feel bad about myself. <laughs> I feel like I just got Jesus juked. You did. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right, guys. So we told you when we started that, that we're going to finish with, with a question. The podcast is called Unremarkable. And uh, so we ask all of our guests when they come on, we ask them two questions to end up with. So who is remarkable and what is remarkable to you? Uh, so we let you prepare. So you've been thinking about it, hopefully. So uh, what is remarkable and who's remarkable to you guys? I think it's remarkable that we can all sit down together and have this conversation mm. and that we can yeah. kind of lean on each other for yeah. strength. I think that's remarkable. Yeah. Amen. And who is remarkable? 
can't say myself, can I? No. You can't, you can't, I'm not can't. Can't say myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't say it, Nelson better. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think my husband, this guy here, is pretty remarkable person. That's awesome. Okay, so now I got to come behind that, right? <laughs> I do. I do agree. By the way, and and uh, you know, I, I'm so thankful. I, I, sh- I share this with Nelson a lot. I think probably not near enough. Like I'm thankful for y'all's friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a world where, where, gosh, we just we 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 want to be divided over so many different yeah. things, and uh, and race is one of those things as well. I'm so I, I count it an honor to call, that you guys are my friends. That yeah. you guys uh, would would come to my house and sit down at my table and have dinner. And and uh, gosh, I'm so thankful for you guys and your openness to that. Okay, so I got to do mine. Yeah. What's remarkable? I'm not going to say food. <laughs> Jody and I, no, Jody, <laughs> Jody, I'm looking at Jody's list and my list. Both of us have a food item down. So. <laughs> I'm not going to say food. I love, although I do love chicken wings. I'm telling you. All right, if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, what's, what's the chicken wing you order at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings? See, um, I don't even remember the versions, but I normally get the mild and the... This is dry rub or something. Dry heat. Desert heat. Mm-hmm. I love me some desert heat. See, there's this place in Murfreesboro that y'all need to go to. Is this the place you were telling me about it's the other day? It's called Toots. Toots. Ooh. You posted a picture on yes. social media of your plate, and I, that's why I want to know where it was. I'm like, this looks really good. Where is it? Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. They got two in Murfreesboro and one in Smyrna, which is oh. all south of uh That can Nashville. be your what's remarkable. Toots can be remarkable. Two tits. I will go with okay. two because I had I got fifteen wings. I didn't need them all, but I brought the rest of them home. So, so I got a cousin that lives in Smyrna. I'm gonna ask her if she's been. Toots is on. See the story about two behind Toots is when we was in college. I used to go to MTS. Chris is rolled around. She knows it. I've told her so many times. I went to Toots. I went. We went to. I went to MTSU, and on Wednesday nights, I think it was Wednesday nights. It was twenty five cent wing. Yeah. And all the college students would oh, yeah. all the chains they could and come up in the toots. Yeah. <laughs> Give me wing as many me. quarters I yeah. got. Wing me. I need it. Too. There's, yeah. a, there's a, a wing restaurant in Birmingham uh, by Bonnie and they had a college man special, and it was one wing, a glass of water, and toothpick for 25 cents. See, <laughs> you can't be 25 cent wings. You can't be. Oh, that. yeah. So that's why I fell in love with Toots, and I've been taking them there ever since. I love it. Yeah, okay, so they love to Toots. Toots is what's there. remarkable. Toots. Toots. Who's remarkable? Uh, I didn't really have to say my wife. Yeah. Uh, because of her, she does so much. All the marketing and flyer making she does. She makes all that, all this stuff, man, and her creativity and all. I didn't the, know that. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, she does it. We, Did you design y'all's logo? No. no, I have a friend of mine who graduated college with me in Murfreesboro. He's a graphic designer. He designed the logo. He came up with that. That's awesome. But she, every flyer we ever put out, anything we ever put out on social media, she creates it. Anything. Fantastic. I don't. I, I try, and then she always, you know, makes it better. Beats my stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> you and she, yeah, she, and, and as well as her ability to juggle everything we have going on, yeah. both ministry wise and her own. Job as well as being a mother and a wife. It's I don't know. your eighty hours too. I don't know how to do that. She she's definitely remarkable. Oh, okay. we got a friend. 
Jody Gale, Jody Gale, what is what is remarkable to you? Okay, so I've always loved ice cream, but gelato is a whole different ball yeah, game. European gelato. We yeah. just got back from Europe. Yeah, that was amazing, and um, I don't know what's different about it, but my tummy didn't it hurt. Is. And it was Do y'all like ice cream? I, I I don't know what gelato is. I didn't either <laughs> until I went to Europe, y'all. That stuff. I don't like ice cream. You that know. stuff's legit. I don't I don't know what's different about it, but it was amazing. So that's my what I got. And they have it in the fruity flavors like you would think sherbet but they also have your chocolates and your mm. uh, praline and all that kind of stuff. So it was amazing. That's my what. Um, and my who is, um, uh, you, you've mentioned him a few times in the podcast, but Colton and Hannah since their baby is due any minute now. Any and, um, minute. Um, Due um, date was yesterday. And they, oh, wow. she worked in the nursery today at church. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like their due date was the sixth week. So it was yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So, but this, they are just, um, they're a young couple on fire for God, and yeah. um, it is humbling and contagious at the same time. Like yeah. um, that's my guy. He came. Uh, he came to uh, the concert. Yes. Matt Crossing. Yeah. Yes. I remember. Um, yeah. We. I just love them. So they are, um, and Hannah's been mentoring Emma as a yeah, small group Anna, leader. Yeah, Hannah's Emma's small group leader, yeah. Um, and um, so they just love Jesus and they love others in a big way. So yeah. they're pretty good. Um, so my What is Remarkable is also from Europe. And um, I love bratwurst. Uh, like legit German bratwurst. Yeah. And you can't find it here in the States. And how many years ago? 20 years ago. I was in Germany and I and I ate my last German bratwurst <laughs> until this summer when I went back. I'm telling you right now, it like I got to figure out how to make it or something. It is so good, yeah. and they put it on a little a little brochen, a little German roll. It's a little hard on the outside, and soft on the inside, yeah. and warm. You put a little mustard. They call it Zimpf. You put a little mustard on the top of it. Telling you right now, you were happy. Gosh, I was so happy. He was a happy guy. <laughs> and then food is a big deal to me. Yeah. Uh, and then um, my who, I, I'm going to Jesus juke a little bit on our who. I mentioned Moses earlier. Um, Moses and his story to me is so remarkable um, because God gave him this big gigantic task, and then in the moment where they come to the edge of the promised land, all that God has promised yeah, them. You can't get God, God looks at Moses and says, you, you can't go. It's for the next guy. And uh, I get to thinking about that. Like, as, as a leader of, in God's church, like, like, how hard would that be to lead a church, mm-hmm. a group of God's people, right to the edge of this huge breakthrough? That where God bring, you know, brings awakening and revival. And God says, you were just here to prepare them. Wow. The next guy is gonna get to gonna get to see all that. Wow. Um, whew, I, yeah. I, I, big big respect for Moses with regard to that. David was the same way. David, who yeah. who who you know is this great king and the man after God's own heart that doesn't get to build the temple, Never but but that. lays the framework for his son to be able to build the temple. Um, that's that's remarkable. Well, guys, thanks so much for uh, coming and hanging out with us. I'm so glad you were here. Yes, cool. thank you for having us. And uh, and we'll have to get back uh, again together sometime soon. If you guys want to follow uh, the Young Bloods and Refreshing Springs Ministry, what's the? You just have a brand new website. Do you have yes, to know the website it is address? RSM Martin rsm-martin.org and if they want to follow you on Instagram how do you know how they find you? If you go to the website the links are at the bottom. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. 
And if you want to follow Jody and I, we're pretty easy to find on Instagram. I'm Powell Jeremy, and Jody is a little. She just got harder to find. She is oh. chasing the wild goose twenty because my birthday's on the twentieth. Chasing the wild chasing goose twenty. The wild goose. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, if you'd like to email me, you can uh, email me Jeremy at crosswindchurch.net. Jody is jgap twenty at gmail.com. That's right. We're on Facebook, Jeremy.powell.1800, and Jody is Jody.powell.5. And I guess that's it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to us, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> Yay.